everybody, welcome to this week's episode of Frivolous Gravitas. For all of those who have the privilege of the internet and are able to uh, watch our uh, podcast. Um, today we will be looking on just that subject, privilege. Um, what is it? We talk about it a lot, but it's again one of those concepts where, you know, when you say that, use that word a lot, I don't think it means what you think it means. And often we contrast it with things like rights. You have the right to do something when in fact, you know, you have the privilege of being able to do something. Uh, we're not going to be talking so much about rights today, but focusing on privilege and, uh, which is something you have, I guess, the ability to do, uh, or benefit of doing. Uh, but beyond that, it's a little more complicated than just something you are have the ability of doing at this present moment. Um, now, with that in mind, we're not going to be looking at it from a who has privilege. We're not just going to be tallying things, seeing like putting a graph up and saying, okay, these people have this privilege, these people have this privilege, these people have that privilege, because we all have privileges at different moments and at different times and at different levels. I remember when I was a young child, I had very few privileges, but I still had some because I was growing up in a place and that allowed me to, you know, have a full stomach whenever I wished, um, which is a pretty good privilege, I would say. Let's turn it over to Chris. And uh, how would you define privilege as we're going to look at it today? Oh, thanks, Jordan. And uh, just as a reminder, not sure. Uh if anybody awesome. doesn't know where they're listening to, but this is Frivolous Gravitas. I you are tuned that. in. <laughs> Myself, <laughs> Christopher Driver, and Jordan Roy. The always amenable. Ah, I didn't screw it up this time. <laughs> yeah. Something, something like and subscribe, whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Marketing, <laughs> that stuff. Um, so I think what I, what I sort of wanted to focus on today was more about um, taking stock of the gains of, that we do have. And not just specifically speaking about like, uh, how, how our, our privilege is some sort of negative thing, but more as uh, a reminder for us to count our blessings and, and just take note of where others are lacking, uh, in the things that we take for granted. And I think the reason why this type of approach and thinking is very important because it falls heavily into the whole idea of mindfulness and anybody who's been reading blogs lately or um, anything about mental illness, you'd probably have come across the whole mindfulness idea or like the... Uh, yeah, the I've come across it and I found it to be very mystifying because it seemed like a synonym for a lot of things really it's just pay attention to others it's like yeah okay yeah <laughs> be aware of yourself it's like okay it, which means like use your brain and there's mindfulness because it sounds good it sounded to me like a marketing term yeah i think it's used a lot as a buzzword not to say that i disagree with the message that they're they're sending out but i disagree with the way that it's being received because most people are using the term privilege um as some sort of uh like like it's a it's a fault or something of somebody's like, um, I wish I would have thought better how to word this before we started, but <laughs> no, I, I get what you're saying. I keep thinking back and this isn't a new phenomenon either. Um, 
Like it's almost like people want to avoid having it so that it doesn't undermine the achievements or accomplishments that they do earn because then they say, well, you earned this. Yeah, but you started from a point of privilege. So it like diminishes yeah. the accomplishment entailed in, in. Yeah. In so this kind of comes down to like an old, that old, uh, I don't even want to bring this up, but like the, uh, an old saying like, uh, to each according to their ability, to each according to their needs, which boils down to like the people at the bottom should be given the most by the people at the top who will give them. Uh, so to each according to their needs. So so anybody who can should give to those who uh, can or, or can't or won't. So like this isn't so much like an altruism thing because, you know, it's just like, oh, helping old ladies across the road. Well, she can't and you can, so do it. But you're not doing it because you know, you have to, you're doing it because, you know, you want to, I am doing a good deed, not you being forced to do a good deed. Whereas you have this idea that everyone is trying to race to this bottom because the better you have it, the worse you are, which is this assumption we seem to have in present day. But it's kind of dumb. And I kind of remember an old Kurt Vonnegut book where he goes into the future and everyone's being handicapped if they have it well. Uh, and so everyone's trying to have as little privilege as possible. You know, oh, I'm attractive, so I have to wear a mask. Oh, I'm tall, so, you know, I have to walk on my knees. Oh, I'm uh, really good at math, so I have to. Um, well, yeah, I, that to me do. is very dystopian because it's almost like if you're a good artist, you should hide your art from the world. And that's like the opposite of what you should do if you're an artist. Right. You know what I mean? Or if you have something to say and you're articulate to silence yourself so you don't make other people feel uncomfortable basically right. wastes your gift. Like you're doing the opposite of what you should be doing with the thing that you have and that you're given. And a person that dances well can dance well and they share that. Well, they have the ability. Why can't other people? We can't, why can't we let other people dance? Well, it's like, well, I can't dance well. I can dance. Okay. But, um, I can't dance like, you know, like those people in the ballet do. And, they dance for themselves, yes, but then they also dance. Their dancing also creates beauty in the world and enriches the rest of our lives. Mm -hmm. So, their privilege, their ability to enact and use their talents and use their skills enriches the rest of us. So, that's why I'm thinking that this, this race to the bottom of who can be the most because in society, we've seen definitely whoever has the most or the least privilege has the most moral authority in an argument. I remember in school, you have people saying stuff like, uh, oh, well, you can't say that because you're white. You can't say this because you're this. And I would just, well, you're just a straight white man. And I just say like, I'm bi. <laughs> Whether or not it's true doesn't matter because, you know, who are they to ask you? That's you're infringing on my rights or whatever. And, yeah. and the, so, I just gave myself more moral authority by making myself perceived as less privileged. And that's to me, that's dumb. such a waste of energy and it defeats oh, right. the purpose, right? Because then you're, you're sort of diluting the pool of people who actually have an issue with that type of thing. And I'm not saying you're doing it. I'm saying they're doing it by forcing it upon you to making it um, beneficial to you to use that vice or device uh, in, in your own interests. But mm. I, I think what that saying is supposed to be telling us about the... Um, to, to those who have the least received the most or whatever that quote is that you use. That's a good one too. <laughs> oh, I just, I was trying to paraphrase. It sounded the one very that you biblical. Started I off with, it. But, <laughs> but 
the point of that, I think, is not to force people to do things, and it's not to make people feel guilty for having things. The point of it is to say, if it's really easy for me to do something, and it's hard for somebody else, somebody else is going to be having an easier time doing something that's difficult for me to do. So that's the whole idea of our markets episode on synergies. That's the point. The point is to do what's easy for you and do it for other people so that they can do what's easy for them for you. And with mm -hmm. that, everybody does better. Everybody is richer that way. Right. And we, we talked a bit about um, specialization. You had mentioned specialization is for ants. It's for insects, yeah. <laughs> yeah, for insects, yeah. I, I mean, it's, it's not 100% it's not perfectly absolute, but it's a, it's a, a quotable. Like, it's just... It playful, was a, right? it's, it's not a fact. It's an ideal... Like, the, the quote itself is a... Um, it's not... <clears throat> It's an it's it's a it's a something to work towards. Like it's not something like humans are supposed to aren't supposed to be specialists. Blah blah blah. No no. It's yeah. you don't have to be a specialist. Exactly. It's just it's highly efficient to specialize so mm -hmm. that you can do the most good with your time and, and your labor and your and your input of effort. Mm -hmm. But it's not mandatory or required upon people to do everything for themselves. It's just that you're like able to. You should exploit bee. that ability. The fact that you're human is a privilege it's you can do more than a dog <laughs> you can um when when objects are occluded you you can process visual stimuli better than any computer can just because yeah. our brains have evolved to be more efficient and optimized at it that's a privilege of our biology we didn't cause that mm -hmm. i didn't grow up and make myself a better speaker you know, I was born with a tongue and I was born in a country that supported free education and I had parents who encouraged me to, to well, voice is, myself. And th This is a good spot, I think, to uh, detail the difference between a right and a privilege because you have the ability to speak. Mm -hmm. You have the right to use that ability. You have the ability to walk. Now, you don't have – with that, you don't have the right to be the – to speak well. You have the privilege to speak well if you hone your skills. It's the mm. same thing. You have the privilege to run in the Olympics if you have the best legs in the world and work your butt off. Yeah. Um, legs <laughs> off. Um, and, uh, if your legs work better than mine, you can outrun me. Privilege. Yeah. So, <laughs> when, when I say right, at least when I'm saying it, it's something that is inherent to you. Um, so, you are alive. You have the right to be alive because if you are not alive, Rights and privileges don't make any sense. Yeah. Uh, it would uh, be have, absurd to think otherwise. You have the right to be around people. You have the privilege to be around people at certain times and at certain places. But you have the right to, you know, exist in the same space as other people. You you can't not do that sometimes. Um, so, rights are things that are inherent to your existence, whether it be from God or just the way nature made us, doesn't matter. Um, either of those explanations work just as well. Um, but anything beyond that is a privilege and that doesn't denigrate privileges and privileges are very important. Um, but, but I think what you're getting at, the key distinction between the two is a right is something that belongs to everybody and a privilege is something that belongs to certain people. Right. So, even if someone doesn't have legs, well, that's unfortunate. They, do they have the right to walk? It's like, yes, but they do not have the privilege to do it. Yeah. Oh, that's harsh. That is so harsh. But life is very, very harsh. But key um, to it, it's not the society that's restricting their freedom. It's their yeah. natural innate ability that's mm -hmm. restricting or inability that's restricting their freedom. So, like, as a disabled person, 
it's really easy for me to see because other people have easier times doing just mundane things that they take for granted right right but my privilege in that sense is that i'm keenly aware of all the things that i can do like the opportunities availed to me just by technology and by the country i live in and those types of privileges are oft um overlooked because of this this whole public shaming or like social credit or moral authority or you know all these isms that we keep throwing at things and and the guilt trips and um the the pressure that we instill upon other people for the for the terrible heinous crime of having something good yeah (laughs) there's something really really cynical about that and i mean that in the worst possible way to want to stifle your own ability or accomplishment based on nothing other than the lack of ability effort or accomplishment of others we should be encouraging each other to accomplish regardless mm-hmm. of and yeah some of us well and the, and the tragedy in that is that some of us will not have any privileges in our life and there's very little we can do about that um although there are some that have the privilege to grant privileges to others i'm looking at you um guy who invented the transistor <laughs> that's there there's an absolute tragedy inherent um, well, in this because l- let's consider the internet then to start because that's where we are we live on the internet here yes um the the right to to internet net neutrality is something that's devised by law and it's not guaranteed and it's not intrinsic to the internet whatsoever um just in my lifetime they've tried to regulate and manage internet service providers and data telecommunications across the world in varying degrees and different ways but they're still doing it today like um egypt had their internet shut down for a while cuba had their internet shut down for a while Um, it's still going on with their internet shut down (laughs) yeah saudi arabia like tons of countries do it Iran especially they do it constantly whenever there's a oh there's too much chatter on the Twitter sphere we'll just like disconnect ourselves from the world until it dies down a bit yeah it's really important that the internet be open and free not just because it makes everything perfect and peachy and better it means that there's going to be criminals out there selling drugs and human trafficking and child pornography like all these terrible things are going to be on a free internet and it doesn't mean that we should allow them and not regulate them but having a free internet means that advertisers and companies aren't in charge of our rights. I and that's of paramount importance in my with, opinion. <clears throat> that's a me. privilege though. The internet is definitely a privilege, but a, the other side of that, I could argue that um, the internet is an extension. Now, I don't see the internet as a separate form of communication. Um, this seems like weird because everyone in my faculty sees the internet as some mystic, mystical difference, but the internet is just everything we are doing in the real world just faster (laughs) and that like human trafficking and pornography and all those terrible things you could do um minus literal murder uh because you know they're three states away or on the other side of canada um although you could probably hire someone uh happens on the internet too and it's just it needs a different type like the the things that we've learned work in the real world and sometimes don't do very well uh taking care of these problems needs to be done merely a different way on the internet because these things 
the, the thing, same things that happen online happen in the real world. You get spammed with uh, advertising that still happens on the internet, still happens in the real world. Yeah, constantly. It's like, oh, and like I have a privilege to ignore that. Um, actually, I might be. Like some rights are also privileges. Like I'm not saying that they're mutually exclusive. But with the internet, it's kind of like saying the quality of whistling isn't merely about puckering your lips and blowing. You can actually make a tune and harmonies and you can have like, Mm -hmm. well, you could do full symphonies if you had enough people whistling to enough tunes. But the the point is like the, the, the sum is greater than the the whole is greater than the sum of its parts. Mm -hmm. It gets back to that synergy where the internet is so fantastic, not because you can do one thing with it, but because you can do everything with it. So if you're going to make a podcast and you have to do like a two minutes of research, well, that podcast could take you a whole week if you had to go to a library to do that research Mm -hmm. or if you had to dig through your textbooks. But hypertextual context viewports and having multiple tabs open and, and separate windows all while streaming multimedia and recording yourself like yeah well that ted nelson's of, invention of hypertext like saved humanity so much time just yeah. this one ornery guy and uh <laughs> and that's like being able to whistle from puckering your lips and blowing mm. in my opinion because you're creating a tune you're creating something that otherwise wouldn't have existed without the speed of the internet and data communication so I without think- that instant access from so far away to so many different places for so many different things it would just be well like the a mail service that's faster like email is what they thought the internet was going to be forever they just thought email was the pinnacle of the internet in the 90s it <laughs> chat was, rooms it was so much faster than letters and yeah. s- simpler than telephone sometimes it's like let's have a 5 minute telephone conversation let's have a three line email mm-hmm. with <laughs> like, a time and date stamp we can file yeah and, and it email is good but like then we're like, oh, we'll just fax it to you. Who uses fax anymore? Yep. Apparently pharmacists. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but I think what you're getting at though is the thing that makes the internet great is freedom. And we can't like say, well, what if we made it free but safe? And those two don't work together. Like mm-hmm. you take away the privileges of the internet when you try and make it safe. What you have to do is you have to make it so that you actually go after people who do those bad things on the internet. Yeah, so law actually, enforcement. Yeah, you have to enforce <laughs> the law. You can't just make it, well, we need to make it safe. Anything, again, anything where you try and make something zero is immense folly in it, in and of everything that project tries to do. So, the, the again, mm. I'm going to bring up Vision Zero where they're trying to make traffic accidents and traffic deaths in Edmonton, zero deaths ever again from traffic accidents in Edmonton. It's like, not going to happen. That's not possible. Yet they- the way to do that would be automate driving. As soon as people aren't driving and it's only computers, yeah. you would have that. The only reason computers, computers- can't drive is because there's humans driving around them. <laughs> yeah. Well, and everyone's like, well, computers, you know, I don't trust a computer. It's like, they, they could get into an accident. It's like, how many ac- accidents do people do? And usually that is like, okay, yeah. Yeah, do the math. <laughs> yeah. And that usually like actually... I'm surprised that argument actually works because a lot of people appeal to their own emotion and go like, oh, no, I still don't like it. And it's just like, okay, one is better than 30,000. But it's fair not to like something. I I have no problem with that argument. I just, I can't argue it because it's a personal preference. It's just You could also outlaw cars. 
<laughs> yeah. And again, that wouldn't help anybody. <laughs> no, that would cause other ancillary problems and you'd well, actually make people worse off. <laughs> probably. Yeah. And try like all those people, if they just suddenly had to start riding bikes and like none of them could ride safely and they just tripping each other and there's no well, rules. <laughs> and then what happens is you're, you're, you're trading off, um, you're trading off one privilege in order to gain more privileges from that. So we, we allow traffic accidents and all this carnage on the streets. And it is getting better thanks to actual proper safety measures like seat belts and probably mm -hmm. and our cars are literally designed safer. Um, and, um, but we pay a price for that because those cars are more expensive and the smallest little fender bender costs an enormous amount to repair. Right. right. So like the price we do pay is in our insurance premiums and in our, in our um, brand new cars cost a lot more money thing, than they used to. The thing we get out of it totally, the ability to get all this infrastructure in cars, anyone individual can exercise their freedom to work and to go and to, uh, and to do whatever they want in our society as far as they can go, as quick as they want to go, as much gas as they can afford. And so what happens is you get people getting together and innovating. You get people saying, you know, people can work further away from home. So, uh, companies get, you know, a better pick of the job, uh, the people in the job market. So, you get more uh, people working where they want to work. Uh, you get people being able to get things faster. So, a restaurant runs out of food. Oh, Jordan, go take your car. We'll pay your gas. Go, go. I need, we need the, we need, go get this, 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 this now. Go. We're running out of this. That actually happened. Mm -hmm. <laughs> On it multiple occasions. <laughs> yeah. And so now rest, we expect restaurants to be, you know, fully stocked. And now we have this privilege of restaurants just always having food and liquor that we want on hand when mm -hmm. we want it. And so we've gained so much and from l risking traffic accidents all the time. And we put up with drunk driving. Well, we don't put up with it, but we allow the reality of his existence in order for the privileges that having um, these vehicles allow us in society. And honestly, it was like, okay, these things, they kind of suck, but they're really good. And, and it comes down to quality of life, basically. For the greatest number of people, you've got this huge increase, this massive increase in quality of life across the board to everybody, mm -hmm. whether that's in prosperity, um, community, and being able to like meet up with your family where uh, people used to travel and there would be a risk of them dying from like a three-week travel across the yeah. country. You know what I mean? Like. Well, and it's safer it than serious. horses used to be because you can't, you can control the engine. If you can't mm -hmm. control the engine and it gets spooked and it runs into a crowd of people and your carriage is huge, well, or if somebody carjacks you, you got yeah. like locks and you can speed away. Like on, so, a, on a horse, somebody could just throw you off or kneecap your horse and then you're stumped. And the <laughs> other thing this does is that it get, forces us to think, okay, this is good, but what can we do better? And then we, now we have a baseline for innovation from here and we're oh. starting to think of like, well, people don't need to drive from Calgary to Edmonton. What if we had high-speed rail? Okay, people drive, but what if we had electric cars? Okay, people drive, but what if we made it so that, um, oh, I don't know, you know, tubes like in Futurama, that'd be pretty cool. <laughs> but mm. then people like, like, I like the freedom, the privilege that my car gives me because the privilege that my car gives me is I can go wherever I want 
as far as my wallet can sustain me. And that means I could go to Winnipeg, which I just did. And I saw my family and friends, which was great because I had the privilege from my work that I, me and my wife put in and the car that um, someone in Japan designed and someone in America invented and someone in maybe Alberta mined the oil. I don't care what you think about that. Thanks to all of you. You have given me the privilege of seeing my family, which I haven't seen in a year and a half. So, and that is so valuable and we overlook it. And the, like during the pandemic, we noticed it became like abundantly clear to us how much air, air travel has been just simple for so many years. We never even considered like how, how much engineering and cooperation goes in towards having effective route maps or, um, what do they call that routing? Yeah. Uh, like, like planning all all of their different uh like the airlines have to plan obviously all, oh, all of their their trips it's so so complicated it's insanely complicated and then there's now, air traffic control and then there's maintenance and then there's the fuel requirements you wouldn't be able like to do america any of that decides without they have a different diesel jet fuel standard or whatever yeah. <laughs> we need one that can melt steel beams but um <laughs> but yikes <laughs> but uh, this but taking stock of all that stuff is really important because like in a, in an age where um depression is epidemic it's often these types of things that people are overlooking in their depressions you know mm-hmm. what i mean so it actually affects like our mental health even by not acknowledging what we have as a, as a good thing rather than being ashamed of it we should be proud of it and make use of it in the best possible way so oh. if we're going to be burning a whole bunch of hydrocarbons the best way we could burn them would be to create sustainable energy sources so that we don't have to burn them anymore. That Mm -hmm. sort of goes without saying. And the IPCC just released a new report about how um, human intervention to the climate or human interaction is affecting climate change and how we we need to make a change on it, right? We knew that. Oh, man, IPCC. Yeah, we've known it for so many years. But it's (laughs) like our hubris of thinking, oh, that that time will never come or it's so far away or I'm just one person, I can't do it. Um, It's like all these defeatist attitudes come from this expectation that like they deserve the airline ticket. They deserve their trip to Disneyland and they did nothing to create the the system that helps them or that enables them. And it also, this, this attitude, I think, also comes from the expectation that others do for them and they don't do for themselves. Mm-hmm. So, like, I, well, I don't, like, the butcher cuts up their meat so they can have a nicely, you know, they, all they have to do is put it in the pan. You don't have to, you could buy half a, you know, a pig from the butcher and cut it up yourself. And drag um, it home with, like, a big blood smear down the road. Yeah, it's in, like, it's in, like, newspaper. <laughs> and Gross. <it's, laughs> But you could, it's probably, it's more sanitary than that. But, um, and it's not actually that difficult, but um, you, you expect this and you, you have these things and you have this streak of inaction. So, you don't think, okay, so there's climate change going on. Somebody needs to do something and like, but what about you? No, no, no. I'm dealing with my own problems. People are oppressing me right now because, you know, you should be giving to me because I'm the oppressed. I need the tables balanced. And that's another conversation. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, is that someone in India uh, last week has built a smog clearing tower. And I saw this in the news and it was somebody 
invented this carbon capture technology and it's just a bunch of fans you put in energy it takes out pollution so if we start making clean energy then we have a net negative benefit when we start building these towers it sucks in what a thousand cubic feet of smog a second <laughs> i'm looking at this thing like that's that's amazing <laughs> build four of those and you could clean up new delhi or something and the interesting thing is it exposes deeper problems too, right? So yeah. it's like even once you've got the smog clearing machine, they say, well, well, then you need energy to power it. And they say, oh, well, India's got the biggest solar power plants, like some of the biggest ones in the world, which is phenomenal. One but then the you go, like, oh, well, now we have to mine more rare earth minerals so that we can extract them to make um, solar panels. And then the solar panels that get set up also need to be cleaned and they need to be covered and they need to be like you can't do this so, it's in it's like build fusion power dummies <laughs> <laughs> they find but indians found a, another solution to another problem they had a, they have these aquifers that were evaporating too quickly so the water wouldn't get all the way downstream to the farms and towns that needed it right so they put the solar panels over the aquifers to, so that the water wouldn't evaporate so quick that's and then you've got access to water to clean your panels and you're protecting the water from evaporating prematurely. So like there, there's this idea that we just have a problem, we'll just fix it and that's the end of the problem. But every time you fix a problem, there's always a slightly lesser problem and there's more and more solutions as you go down. It's not like some Sisyphus rock that you can never push up the hill. It's actually progress. That's what mm. progressive means. It means well, we, you are like further everyone, ahead today in, increment, in incremental steps than you were yesterday. Everyone poo-poos hydrocarbons, but like burning gasoline is better than burning forests down to make the same amount of stuff. Mm -hmm. um, like we were, again, I bring up the thing of the Vikings where they, they the Vikings deforested Scandinavia in order to... Um, in order to build all their Viking ships, the fuel society. <laughs> yeah, it's like in like burning poop and 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 trees is inefficient. So gasoline's more efficient. Coal was more efficient. Mm -hmm. So then we found natural gas, and natural gas is more efficient. Now we know and see our nuclear power episode, like fission and fusion are more efficient and then we have like like other... orders of magnitude yeah like we're finding these solutions that aren't just marginally better they're like enormously more beneficial to all people not just the people who extract it and sell it there was like black hole technology which would fuel the entire planet <laughs> uh it's it's still theoretical but the fact that we have the idea means that people are sitting there thinking of solutions to problems that we've created and it's like well there's always a new problem it's like there's always going to be a new problem you move mm -hmm. into your dream house and now you have to clean a basement and mow the lawn <laughs> <laughs> and it should be invigorating like we should say like ah we put this problem aside we may have three more problems now but these are three problems we weren't even looking at before like food isn't an issue in canada and that's amazing because for all of human history food has been your primary motivator from the moment you wake up in the morning to the time you go to bed you're planning for the next day, the next week, the next season, the next harvest, because you die without food. And or hoping that the water. earth provides it for you is stressful. You can, you can open your tap in most Canadian cities and drink the water straight from the tap without any repercussions. Mm -hmm. That's weird. It is weird. <laughs> and I'm like, I have this weird problem where I have, I'm having trouble gaining weight and everyone looks at me like, I can't believe you have this, you know, how dare you? I'm so envious. It's like, well, it's just a different problem. But like that fact that we have 
that problem instead of my problem on mass is generally a good sign that we have all this privilege to eat. Like you have a right to eat period, I guess, but but that would just be like craft dinner or bread. Like, well, that's the right to the life. Privilege is that's what merely the right to be alive. You have the right yeah. to simply be alive. Like that's blocks number one. There's no point to having rights if everyone's dead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, but the privilege like, comes in in our access to nutritious food. I need like truffles on to, my pancakes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> being able to walk into a store and pull things off the shelf that came from across the world just because they're they taste good or just because you want to try something or just because you know you got a a vitamin or nutrient deficiency and you need it to sustain Mm -hmm. yourself you have access to it and that's phenomenal like truly truly phenomenal that we don't even think twice of our access to food anymore just like with the internet and with education so like we have a good education system and what do they do is they try and start cutting costs to it rather than improving it because they think it's good enough already. And it's the exact opposite of what we should be doing. With the privilege of education, we should be more aware of how useful and vital education mm-hmm. is, and we should be making it more um, pronounced. Yeah. And I don't think we should be like, I agree. And I feel like a lot of people are like, oh, education is a right. It's like, no, it is definitely a privilege. Definitely a privilege. That doesn't make it anything less. That doesn't denigrate it, but we need to be calling it what it is. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, is that the, we can't, I, I, I'm still not for like enslaving the teachers to a system. Like, I think we should be making it so that the teachers can go like go off do your teacher thing and teach as much as you want and we'll subsidize you and we'll do it and just give them freedom because everything that we're talking about and i i don't even want to stay on the topic of education because this is so all-encompassing comes down to freedom you Mm -hmm. have to have the freedom to enjoy a privilege and the right it's come from that but uh but we should be letting teachers teach Right? Like the best benefit that everybody yeah. gets, the privilege we all enjoy that you and I enjoyed growing up was having teachers that had the free range to teach the way they taught best. Do you know how many people envy me, a humble tutor who has like four or five, six students? <laughs> uh oh. <laughs> and uh, I've talked to a lot of teachers who are just like, I teach a curriculum and I'm just like, I make my own curriculum. Like I'm teaching and they like, I get all this envy and stuff. But when I, I look at them and I'm like, your ability to handle the children is, I envy that. I, I, like, oh, and the parents, man, telling the teachers how to be good teachers when the parents have never taught a day in their life. You know, yeah. they teach their kid, they won't even teach their kids sex ed and they'll criticize the teacher for the way they taught sex ed to well, a group of 30 immature kids. Like, yeah. Well, I don't want to do it. I want the government <laughs> to do it. And it's just, that's kind of, that's one of my pet peeves. And it's just like, I don't want to have to raise my kids. Yeah, but I understand some parents will be terrible at teaching sex ed, so it's important to have it in school. But to have the parent tell the teacher how to teach when the parent isn't worth, like, isn't practicing education at home. Yeah. Like, but we all don't have that privilege of having good parents. Right. Some (laughs) people don't have the same parents. (laughs) Well, everybody doesn't have the same parents, but I mean, some people don't have good parents is what I was getting at. But I hate to say good or bad because it's not that black and white. Like a good parent could just be bad at reading and not read to their kids. It doesn't make them a bad parent. They could be the best parent in the world. 
just not with the privilege of education. But the parent is also, and this is again, I keep going back to this thing, they're free to go, they have the, the right of freedom. And the freedom, the right is literally, now when I say the right of freedom, I'm not saying you have the right to be America. No, I'm having the right to the freedom. I'm saying the freedom to say whatever you want with repercussions, obviously. Uh, I think that's that, not so obvious. You should dwell on that a little bit. I think Some, that's another episode, but like, okay. Yeah. So if I say um, peanut M&Ms are better than just regular M&Ms how dare you <laughs> but you know someone also has the right to say the obverse and now mm-hmm. we can have a we have the right to have a discussion and which is also a privilege you know those two are intersecting we have the privilege to have this conversation but we have a right to say things in that conversation we have the right to the use of our voice we have the right to think whatever we want because it's inherent to what we want you know cogito ergo sum if i'm not thinking if you take away that right from me then i might as well not sum <laughs> and so and that's kind of the way i feel i lose that and i'm just like okay i'm, I'm a slave now so i'm going to go jump off a cliff because that's the only right i uh, the only right i have left so the rights, and I'm, I'm, I'm saying this purely from a Lockean perspective, the right to be alive, the right to try and at least be healthy, um, or the right to not have other people injure your health. But you do not have the right to somebody else's speech, right? That, no. That's the thing. So when you, start, when, when you start saying that it's violence to speak or disagree with somebody, and when you start making hate crimes out of a disagreement or out of a change in perspective, what you're doing is um, you're taking a privilege and, and weaponizing it. Mm-hmm. Not you, but I mean, when people do this. So a perfect example of this is the... Uh, uh the anti-vaxxers and stuff like that right they're free to have their own opinions that's fine but once you start trying to purvey misinformation when you start becoming outspoken about your opinion you do not have the right to not be contested oh yeah that's especially when it's verifiable and you're not allowed to say like you're not allowed to uh push that on other people like and it's the same thing with like (coughs) if someone like right now uh news update i've been told by the government has decided that my myocarditis is not the fault of the pfizer vaccine <laughs> i'm glad that you eminent scholars of medicine uh in an office somewhere have decided that for me and yeah. I'm an actual cardiologist and so how, does, they, how much does that affect your life <laughs> uh, yeah Going so but the thing is is that they said you should you are a you you may go get the um you may go get the booster dose of the vaccine and i would just essentially said are you freaking kidding me <laughs> i'm not getting that like <laughs> I, I i like i i have a good reason and i like i willingly got the vaccine because you know it's a vaccine to a real virus duh <laughs> so i said i'll probably wait for the traditional vaccine and then i'll get that one and then that'll double me up and they're like mm-hmm. well you know blah 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 i'm like no send those to africa <laughs> <laughs> exactly like, if it's but, going to hurt me send it somewhere else yeah and so like i don't think that people shouldn't get it and i can't say no you shouldn't get it because it hurt me it's the same thing i don't smoke and i don't drink and yet i don't say i, I say i have the privilege to say maybe don't smoke and then you have the privilege to say i'd rather live <laughs> I'm enjoying well, you have the privilege to say, go F yourself. I can smoke if I want to, because you have another right, which is one of those freedom rights, which is the right to movement and decision. You have the right to move, but you also have the right to associate with whoever you want 
Um, the privilege itself is the choice. Yes. That's the thing. And, and so we didn't earn that choice. We were just born into a system that was already giving us the privilege of choice. Mm-hmm. And I think what's really important, though, is that we should focus on preserving those privileges rather than feeling like there's some type of demon that we need to hide or sweep under the rug yeah. or pretend isn't there. And just because an obvious choice is ubiquitous, like driving to school (laughs) rather than walking or taking a bike you it seems like something that's inherent to your existence when it's not and i think i got like maybe this is why i go out into the bush and suffer for a couple weeks every year uh besides the fact that there's just so much numinous out there that i like and it just kind of feels good to come out of there trample big hills (laughs) yeah i conquer them it makes it say, oh, you feel like you feel so much smaller. It's like, no, it makes me feel bigger. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's Part of another. something bigger too. Yeah. I'm more than I, but at the same time, I come back knowing it's less like I don't hear the news. It's not my right to, you know, I don't have to, you know, focus on all these things. And I find out what is my right, what are my rights and what are my privileges. And then when I get home, and I have, you know, a fancy tea or my, like I go to a restaurant in Jasper and I order a ginger beer or something uh, because it's the only non-alcoholic drink that's worth drinking. Uh, non-alcoholic beer is trash. That's my opinion. It's my privilege to say that to you. Um, no, I wouldn't feed it to a pig. <laughs> <laughs> and so, I have the privilege to have all these luxuries. Um and have someone teach me rock climbing and stuff like that because I sat in the bush and ate dehydrated food and lugged all this stuff up a hill and, you know, but that in itself was a privilege to exist like that. Now, if society collapsed and I had to live like that on, uh, as a result of that, then, um, that's a bit different and I would there's a quality of life aspect that comes back into play about dealing with nature like being involved in that type of um, putting yourself in that type of an environment and extirpating yourself from like the hustle and bustle of urbanization it it's humbling in one way and it's empowering in another way yeah I I mean like it enriches your life in a deeper sense than the actual activity itself But to not be able to acknowledge a privilege because it's some type of like shame, what you what you'd have to do in the process of that is diminish the value of the quality that you gain from that experience mm-hmm. by saying like you didn't fully earn it. You know what I mean? Like that's well, not the point. That's not like the point being, to living. Well, it's like me being a straight right, straight right. <laughs> come, come get me, straight white man. Uh, they say this is a privilege. It doesn't really feel like a privilege. Um, and I know there's a couple people that I am acquainted with in my life who are straight and white and they do not. They have even less privilege than I do. Uh, but because they're white, they're treated as if like, oh, you don't deserve these things or you don't deserve this extra help and you don't, so they have to work harder. In turn, making those people stronger because they have to, you know, uh, those starting okay, here's more adversity and they overcome the adversity and now they're stronger than the people who claimed their, uh, their, um, due their reparations from life, uh, because they were born with a certain phenotype. (laughs) It's just kind of ridiculous. So to assume this is what 
makes me and I have more social capital because I'm white. It's like I live in Canada. There's so many white people here. It doesn't matter. Also, but it doesn't really achieve the goals that they're setting out to achieve. Their goal is to help people um, who are oppressed or feeling harm. And the goal should be accessibility. Everybody's needs should be within their reach. So if they have shorter arms, their needs should be closer to them. Well, like it's that simple. It doesn't need to go into this like scorecard keeping and like comparing one group to another. Uh, it doesn't need to go into justifying things or hiding your identity because you know you're. It's not socially acceptable. Yeah. So as as like a white man is a white disabled man more or less privileged than a brown healthy man like or woman it's like, like look, when who's, who's going to start drawing these Me lines and tallying Oprah. them up. <laughs> Was that like oh, who is more privileged, me or Oprah? Yeah, <laughs> like <laughs> that's a the, really good point. Like she's one of the richest people in the states right now, in the richest country in the world, and she's and a black she's woman. definitely eating well. <laughs> yeah, and just kidding. <laughs> I don't know her, but um, it was a fat joke. I was just being rude. Tell <laughs> you, but. She's, but I, I don't do that to fat shame. What I'm saying is it's okay to be fat. <laughs> like that's the difference here. When 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 somebody goes off on um, on pinning labels and categories of people, trying to assess their 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 right to access things, um, it should have nothing to do with how how you treat them interpersonally. Well, you know, and what it's I mean? redefining the problem to make to put yourself in a new situation. So it's just like, I, I need access to this. I need money or I need this. I want this or I want power because, um, systemic racism. It's just like, okay, uh, what's systemic racism? Well, you know, there was racism in the past and it still is a crony club and the people, there's a secret cabal of people behind the scenes enforcing racism. And it's just the same. It's a, now this is going to get me into a lot of trouble. Um, because that's the same argument that, you know, certain people in Germany were making in the 30s where like we need more privileges because there's a secret cabal of Jewish yeah, people. The Jews. <laughs> yeah. And it's just like they'd stub their toe and be like, oh, the Jews did this. <laughs> yeah. Or like, and like I said, I was like, you know, there's some the Jewish Salem guy 6,000 years ago sitting around a fire going like, hey guys, guys, come here. It's big brain time. I got an idea. <laughs> like that's it's absurd. It's absolutely absurd. Jews are just Jews. They're just, like, there's no secret cabal of Jews. Um, <laughs> yeah, and there's no witches out there burning your crops or, like, you know, cursing your family or anything yeah. like that. Like, the witch trials were literally the same thing as, like, pinning everything on the Jews in, in 1930s Germany. The yeah. Salem witch trials were basically like, I had some bad luck. I'm going to blame this woman because I don't like her. Yeah, or, like, you could look this ad infinitum back into history, but you're, you're placing yourself in a situation where you are the beneficiary of a made-up problem mm -hmm. and that's, rather than fixing real problems <laughs> or like oh i can't get a job because of immigrants. my yeah or immigrants or because i'm uh because i've got this mental disorder it's like i've got a mental disorder i've been employed before what's your problem and they go oh well it's worse than yours it's like why it's because i'm this and you know that's harder for me it's like and like when i hear it i'm just like well, that sucks for you. I'm yeah, good luck. And they're like, but they, they, they want other, and this is, comes down to what I was saying right at the beginning, where it's just like those who can need to give to those who can't because we all need to just be equalized, but we're not all equal. And that would be horrid because 
I wouldn't want to be equal. Like I'm okay with people having it better than me. <laughs> and it sucks yeah. that people have it worse than me. And, and, but I'm really only focused on my problems and I want to solve my problems. I don't want someone to come on and be like, Oh, here's some money. Oh, thanks for the money. Now I can do the thing. And this is comes to one of the points I've been trying to get at for a while, but I'm trying to, I'm having trouble segueing it. Is that not, and I keep cutting you off. No, no, no. I've been, I, I, I haven't even, this is not a problem. I've been wondering how to weave it in is that work itself is a privilege. And if you give, something to me, I lose that privilege. And this is kind of a strange thing to say, but like I, there's a lot of things that I'm honing in my life, my skills, my writing skills, my reading skills, and I'm constantly doing this. I'm working on it. But if someone gave them to me, I wouldn't have the benefit of that work. If someone just, if someone said, okay, like this library, I, I accrued over like 15 years of reading and work and toil. And I've read most of them, except for the reference ones, which, you know, I've read referenced, I've used to reference. And so that work has given me, and this is a symbol of the work I've put in, not, you know, someone just being like, oh, you want books because you want to be, you want to be smart and you want to have to, no, no, you got to put the work in. And if someone just bought me the books, I would never read them. And I would never, I would never, um, um, I wouldn't appreciate the thing I put in. And you, when you have, and I guess this goes back to a couple other of my arguments, is that when you put the work in, you enjoy your spoils more. Um, and and that's psychologically you, true. Like that's yeah. true amongst almost every single person with a brain because that's just how we function. Yeah. Uh, the Ikea effect. <laughs> I built this. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly it, actually. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> that's a, that's a. That's really, one of my favorite things I learned this year because I had never heard that before. <laughs> And it's like, it's true. And this is why people say that their food that they grew in their garden tastes better. It doesn't. No, but it really doesn't. <laughs> work makes it taste better. And watching it grow, there's that quality and spirituality about the consumption of your comestibles. You know, that's, yeah. it's really invigorating to have seen it grow from nothing. Like raising your own kids is different from watching your neighbor's kids grow up. You still <laughs> like your neighbor's kids and they're still human beings. They still have rights, but your kids are your kids like yeah they come from your seed and it's it's strange because i'm growing squash right now and i've got this great squash plant going i've been tending it i've been making sure it's just huge i've got like we should have a squash off i'll show you mine you show me yours <laughs> <laughs> well my squash plant is i've got like six big like spaghetti squashes in there and i'm not just gonna cut you know i'm not just gonna take the knife crack it open put it on the pan you know butter the pan i'm gonna like I, i'm looking forward to that and it's going to be a bit of a ritual because I've put the work in. It's a whole long thing. Um, I like it's. I think a lot of what it comes down to too is appreciation. And mm -hmm. you had mentioned that before when you were talking about your uh, how it was you were privileged to have been able to um, to to study and to work. Oh yeah. And I think the sense we're getting at though is not like slave labor kind of work. That's not the privilege. The privilege is you could choose where to work. You had rights when you went to work. And well, when you earned money, it was yours to take home. Well, whatever self, wasn't taxed. Or, it's a self-actualized work. You have work that you do. And so mm -hmm. this is why I, I stress freedom so much is that in a free society, we have the freedom to choose where we can best put our skills. 
And then we end up with, you know, artists doing what they should be doing, which is art. We have uh, actors doing what they should be doing, which is acting and making lattes. (laughs) 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 Okay. Yeah. Send me a downfall. But no, you guys should be acting. And we have people like... I knew a girl and she should have been doing poetry. She was a poet. She was doing other stuff that was tangential to it, but it was all like uh, a guy geared towards that because that is what was best for her. And there's other people. It's like, I fix cars or I do this or I do that. And they all actualize themselves and grant get meaning from the thing that they set themselves towards. Mm-hmm. And if someone told them to do that, they wouldn't have that. And, and they're creating been, that meaning for themselves too. Mm-hmm. It's not something that's prescribed to them from outside of themselves. It's right. not like they're told you should be a gardener all your life because gardening is holistic and energy healing and blah, blah, blah. It's, it's like, like when my, when my dad gardens, he, his heart and his soul are in the dirt. You oh, know and I've I mean? seen it. Your yard was beautiful yeah <laughs> like Every tell year him since i was a kid kudos and i didn't earn any of that that's a privilege i got when i got to visit here uh mm-hmm. my parents to to experience yeah and it's it, it was evident that there was a lot of love and care in that and to even say that for myself is kind of trite but because it's kind of like yeah well that's not for you to say because i understand that <laughs> yeah if some people have a green thumb i've got like a rotten wrist like nothing <laughs> i touch grows everything just dies so i really really appreciate when other people are able to make things yeah. grow and so we all find a spot and by finding our spot and enjoying our own labor we enrich the rest of our lives of each other and that's what that's such a privilege (laughs) Mm -hmm. and it's a privilege that we need to guard uh you know we should not squander it and throw words around without meanings just because we want to appear certain you know appear hoity-toity or a high horse or or ivory tower whatever you want to call it that moral superiority yeah and and that's dude. not what privilege is for. It's not about being superior or inferior to other people. It's about like taking stock and appreciating what you have and then sharing it with other people. That's the whole point. When something you're good at and you're good at, you do a lot of it so that you can share it with people who aren't good at it. Well, and then they say, well, okay, but that's, you know, everyone's out for themselves. And this, you get that cynical attitude that you talked about. Everyone's out for themselves. It's a zero sum game. You know, I just have to take from my pie, percent of the pie and I need to get as much of it as I can because everyone's out for themselves. It's like, do you remember the 1997 floods in Manitoba? Do you remember how we saved the city? Because mm-hmm. everyone voluntarily. just voluntarily, the entire city just went out and picked up sandbags and shovels. And skip work, skip school, skip church. Like people just went out and helped. And it wasn't, it wasn't an order. It just happened. (laughs) Mm. Like the city was doing some of the bigger projects and the province was doing that Zed Dyke south of the city. And they, but the city stepped up and it was kind of, we were all proud of it and we're all patting ourselves on the back. The farmers are still mad because they're, they got all flooded. (laughs) But the city was, generally untouched 
and and new uh, york is infamous for that too like they had that hurricane sandy where everybody just banded together and helped people as strangers they had never known or met before 9 11 yeah. the first responders uh hurricane katrina was another good example where the communities and people would drive yeah, in from across the country who had never been to new orleans before and just start digging through the rubble looking for bodies yeah like the way people come together when they're able to help what other people who aren't able to help. That's what brings meaning and spirit and vitality into the human race. That's mm. what we should be encouraging by using the word privilege. We shouldn't be using it as some derogatory, pejorative, you know, insult to sling at people for our own, our own just like check temporary superficial like, benefit. Like, why would I check my privilege? Now, now where should I put it? <laughs> yeah. But at the same time, there are like, there are like, there are people like we're talking very high-mindedly and we're talking but there are people in society that you know rub everyone the wrong way that guy with the who has the privilege of having the loudest muffler on the planet <sighs> it's a trade-off though well those people with deep voices who can't whisper <laughs> their voice just travels through walls <laughs> yeah like the brian blessed types <laughs> hi he's <laughs> like, he's here uh, i like the guy but I, there was a construction guy i worked with he was working his two jobs and one of his jobs was construction so when he'd come to work waiting tables he would just yell all the time <laughs> like right here in your face and i'd be like dude <laughs> i sleep beside drills <laughs> <laughs> yeah, apparently uh it's the only way i can get to sleep he wasn't a bad guy it's just i hate him but like you get people who like rev their engine and play their music loud and are just obnoxious with their privilege yeah and like we're always going to have these people and people see these people and think that oh that's what's wrong with society it's like no that's what's wrong with that guy yeah uh, <laughs> and they're a necessary minority they have to exist they're a very like, visible minority yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they're loud granted and they disturb the peace and they they bug other people but the fact that they exist helps us remember to teach our kids not to be like that oh yeah if you never saw it you would not be tr like raising your kids the same way you wouldn't think to tell them to not be obnoxious if kids were never obnoxious you know what i mean yeah like you need the negative in order to know what positivity is in order to push yourself in a progressive stance you have to be able to see the dirt before you sweep well and i think this is we become afraid of people like this and we become afraid of like boogeymen such as them because like you have people like like uh, i don't know you know these big bankers on wall street doing all this dumb stuff for the people in washington who are bailing them out okay that was actually a bad deal but whatever that's another thing um over and over again <laughs> yeah and uh yeah it's just capitalism is meant if you screw up you fail and you stand up and try again mm. it's crony capitalism is what you don't like <laughs> but um the, the monopolies and like corruption what so you, you see these, and then you see these boogeymen and you personify them as just this guy who looks like me um except a bit yeah. well, older I'm literally i'm literally the boogeyman here because like i like i'm probably gonna go to the range after we finish recording this hair <laughs> is not white enough and you're not bald enough so <laughs> well oh no i have enough privilege to have a full head of hair no there you go which actually my wife complains about because she's like you had so much hair because you yeah, have this privilege to have this thick thick hair that my barber hates um <laughs> <laughs> oh no, uh, yeah, oh, hair, no. 
But like it, it doesn't ruin our relationship. She doesn't like think because you have this better hair, you are better off and I can't have this and this is point of contention. It doesn't destroy anything. It's actually more of a joke. But when you actually take these things that other people have and become bitter about them, then you start to look for boogeyman. Oh, there's a corporate terrorists ruining our system and it's just like house of cards it's like that was a good show but it was a bit of hyperbole and you can (laughs) fix it because we have the privilege of elections yeah i mean uh, people are choosing not to vote based on their best interests and are voting on popularity contests and they want to be in the winning side but seems to be right well you have the privilege to research your candidates and ask Mm -hmm. them directly just because you don't doesn't (laughs) (laughs) you don't execute your privilege doesn't mean that you don't have it so and to accuse other people of having too much privilege because they do execute their rights like or what their gifts basically is what i'm getting at their count yeah. their blessings but like if you're endowed with something naturally and you choose not to use it to use that against another person who chooses to use it like you should be revering them for using their gifts and talents mm-hmm. you should be promoting and encouraging them to do more of that well, rather like, than well, using privilege as some t- sort of stone to throw at people to knock well, them down look i can't go and talk to my thing because i'm afraid of talking to people i have social anxiety but then you say instead of saying okay i have social anxiety i can't talk to people you look at people who don't have it or overcome it i have social anxiety i don't like going out and talking to people or making phone calls I hate emails because I got 10 bad emails a day for three months once. And I just, every time I get an email, I get this, (laughs) but I still answer my emails and I still have my email up all the time to deal with this. So I found ways to deal with it. And it's, and I look to people that have overcome this and see them as not as a, well, he's inherently has this, but someone who's behavior i can uh learn from or admire um well you can't have heroes because they'll all fail you it's like i don't admire everything about a person some yeah. they're not like people aren't jesus we should definitely have a uh episode on heroes but the thing is that's is a that really good idea actually when we have um when we have a boogeyman we want to be safe from the boogeyman. Save me from traffic accidents. Save me from the Nazis. Save me from uh, this or that. I want to be safe from it. And this is where you get certain things like the Commission on Public Safety or the Committee of Public Safety, which whose main focus was keeping public safety by lopping off the heads of French people who disagreed with them or were on the wrong side of the aisle or... Uh, Hong Kong, who just censored a ton of movies out of public safety. And you have and music and, and art. <laughs> yeah, for safety. And so, and this ends up limiting at freedom. Oh, you can't do this because of safety. And uh, I'm not going to get into the COVID debate because debate I have a. No. I have an opinion on that that's very middle of the ground. And but we should do an episode on safety too, actually. Yeah, I consider <laughs> like I personally consider safety a bit of a swear word, and I've said this before. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, I need to be safe. Well, we we just we just want to be safe. It's like if I'm safe, I'm not trying. You don't like go Here's watch, the thing about it. Though, go watch like, that episode of Star Trek where Picard gets the opportunity to do his life again, but play it safe. <laughs> That's one of the best episodes. He ends up being like a second lieutenant, not captain of anything and he's just his, his former subordinate tells him that he's not gonna he doesn't have any potential future <laughs> and yeah. god comes it's back appealing. to him like safety is appealing because it's comfortable 
Oh, but just yeah. because it's comfortable to lay in bed doesn't mean your body needs 24 hours of rest. Yeah. That, that's the opposite of what your body needs. It needs to be pulled and tugged and stressed. And, and you know what I mean? Like exercise is good for your body and your mind because it damages your body because it's hard. And it's the same with food. Like you can't just eat pure raw vitamins and be have a nutritious diet. You need to eat fat for some of the vitamins to soak in. And fat yeah. doesn't just turn into fat. Sugar turns to fat. And then there are types of sugars and then there are types of like chemicals that preserve all these things to like electrolytes in your shit. Like every, See, everything comes down to moderation because having one Chris's of book, anything, if you're not going to plug it. I will, <laughs> <laughs> but I, th I think the safety part is a huge one because we act so we have so many knee jerk responses to safety triggers, seeking out that comfort and, and peace of mind and relief from anxiety. But it's not the anxiety we should be trying to relieve. It should be the stagnation of not being anxious that we should be trying to relieve. Right. You should instead of becoming free from danger, you should become anti-fragile when danger does come. Yeah, you should be more resilient. And instead yeah. of being less anxious or trying to relieve anxiety, you should learn how to manage anxiety because that actually is productive. Having anxiety that you can work with is way more productive than not having any anxiety at all. Yeah. Because if you have no there, anxiety, you just sit there. You're, you're a blade of grass. Cut yeah. me. Don't cut me. You know, like your life amounts to nothing. And that's fine if that's what you want out of life because that's success. Yeah. <laughs> For most people with some iota of, or of, of ambition, it, they want more out of their life than you need an anxiety and you need an insecurity and you need danger in order for yourself to, to bl uh, blossom for a really crappy, cheesy metaphor. Well, you, oh, it's, it's like, it's um, like, I'm not even going to use something like, oh, you should learn to shoot because society could fall apart. Blah, blah, blah. No, it's as simple as you wear a shirt, you go to a party. Someone says your shirt looks dumb. You could do two things. Never wear the shirt again decide that you, oh, maybe there's three things. You you could decide it's actually a bad shirt and they're right and never wear it again. Okay, maybe I made a bad decision. You could uh, do that and never go to a party again because then you won't have to risk it. Or you could learn, you could think, what did I do wrong here? What kind, how should I be dressing? Maybe, you know, this is kind of a dumb shirt. What could I be doing better to engage? Or could I be like, I think it's I a disagree. great shirt. I disagree. I think I it's an amazing. I disagree. Thanks so for your learn opinion, buddy. to either turtle, uh, dress better, or stand up for yourself. That's those are the three things you could do. You could, or you could just not care because it's not important. You know well, what I mean? Part of standing <laughs> up for yourself. We don't need to take everything like it's some catastrophic fucking failure of the entire yeah, human it's species. It's just a party, and it's just some guy. Yeah. <laughs> it's thread that hangs off your body so your nipples don't chafe in the wind. Like, oh, no. It's not important. This girl that at a party didn't like me. It's like, well, you know how many other girls there are in this city? <laughs> yeah. Maybe. Or the internet. <laughs> or maybe you are actually dressing poorly and you just, you know, you, you, you were in the hospital forever and you don't know any of the, the new trends and all your fashions out of date and you do kind of think you look dumb. How do I dress well? And you say, what would look better? <laughs> yeah, maybe you learn something. Yeah. Heaven and forbid you learn something from confrontation rather than just cowering yeah. and running away and oh. screaming for help. They didn't like my personal choices and you and this is the other thing you say you think you have the privilege that you are always right. And this is one of the things that bugs me. You know, mm -hmm. it's like, well, I've made a choice and therefore that choice should be respected by everyone else. It's like, 
I should be able to wear, uh, like there were people in high school that would just wear pajamas all day. Um, they just happened to be the ones that also were taking drugs all the time, <laughs> but, uh, which had nothing to do with it. But no, no, of course not. <laughs> they just expected everyone to put up with it and they, I guess they didn't care, which I guess I can respect. But at the same time, it's to some extent, it was a bit of a faux pas. And so there's things you can do and that you do that are wrong. And we're just expected to like, this is what I did, or this is what I am. And you just have to accept it. It's like, no, (laughs) we don't have to accept it. And some things are trivial, like what you wear, but some things aren't like yelling at people in a restaurant. That's a social faux pas. They're just doing their job. Like it's, it's just a hamburger. They, they didn't like they're exhausted and they're making minimum wage. Like just leave them alone. Uh, (laughs) They are not happy to serve you. Um, but at the same time, like you, just because you think you're right or just because you think you're entitled to something doesn't mean you are. You're and everyone's entitled to my opinion and my thing. And if anyone disagrees with me, that saves me from. That makes me safe from any uh, anybody challenging me because everything anyone decides is right because there's no absolute truth. And that's the thing. I'm not entitled to safety from other people's opinions. If you believe something and you have the right to say it, I'm not entitled to the safety of not hearing it. I'm not even entitled to the physical safety from accidents of other people backing up and (laughs) (laughs) like, oh no, you like someone backs up, I fall down the stairs and hurt my leg. It's like he didn't see me. I'm not exactly the tallest guy in the planet. So like, can I actually hate that guy? Well, the pain says, hate that guy. But then I go back up. It's like, dude, this really hurts. But like, I'll forgive you if you help me up. <laughs> and it's, it's it, it, like you have intent matters to some extent. And it, that comes down to like the interpretation and things though. Mm-hmm. And I, I think where privilege gets thrown askew is people's interpretation of the word privilege. Yeah. And that's what we're sort of trying to uh, drill home with all the, the examples and the repetition is because it's not just a few people here and there. This is the only way the word is used these days. It's misused in the sense that privilege is some kind of derogatory um, attribution of a person's character. And that's a flat out misuse of the word. Like, mm. actually, we usually start by definition of terms. We didn't do that this I time. I gave a very, very poor, brief definition. But like, you but get- I noticed when we, were, when, I, when we were trying to look it up, the reason why I was mentioning this is because, like, was gonna, um, I was gonna quote the the definition that we found, and then I realized that I, I, this is one of those words that I never know how to spell because I never use it, and I avoid using it because of how people misuse it, and I hate that about language. <laughs> One of those things that... Hold on, I was going to read it here quick. Yeah. Uh, Privilege is a noun, a special right, advantage, or immunity granted or available only to a particular person or group. Only to a particular... Well, there's people that have the same privileges as me. I have the privilege to grow a halfway decent beard. That's the meaning, like a special right, though. Yeah. It's like people expect some kind of entitled special rights relative to other people like i can speak but you can't because i don't like the things that you say that type of thing really really bothers me but what we don't take stock of are the privileges that we got from like our war vets fighting for our freedom and for democracy and the fact that like other countries had to have revolutions and like horrible horrible civil wars just so canada could never have one it's pretty like nice. How many not countries living in have never had a civil war? Fascist country. I really like that. Well, <laughs> Canada had a civil war. It was 
kind of lame compared to the one to the south. Yeah, it's and it, not really the same as like Syria or no. you know. <laughs> and like we want to, yeah, we want our own province. No, okay, well we're gonna fight with you. Oh, and then the end war ended, and they gave them their own province. It's just like, okay, yeah. And then it's like, hey, you want your province to be part of a? Okay, <laughs> yeah. It was literally a, let us join Canada. No, <laughs> so, oh, it was it was a weird civil war. Um, for any Americans watching, just look up Louis Riel. It's a it's a wild ride. Um, but like, the and Americans- it's really Canadian. Like it's silly. It's stupid silly. <laughs> Yeah. And uh, there's some like really interesting individuals on both sides. Um, if you actually are interested, there's a graphic graphic novel by Chester Brown that really tells the story the most accessibly. Anyway, nice. so you mentioned privilege was kind of this derogatory term. And I, you see this like in school where like my wife had to go for like privilege training and bias stuff, which is absolutely offensive on every level because they, they make them like, who has the most privileged step forward. And then like they, then they, they place everyone with their privilege. And it's like, look at these people that you have to help. But then, you know, it's like, who's got race, who's got money, blah, blah, blah. But then you have all these people with money, but my wife's white and, and, and comes from a good family, but we don't have our family's money because that's, that's our parents' money, not ours. And yeah, they're different people. <laughs> yeah. And so we, <clears throat> like, our privilege is the privileges that we fought for. Like, not like tooth, not like with guns and stuff, but with our effort and our studying and our stuff. And that is absolutely offensive to just be given a value based on some arbitrary thing with changes day by day because, you know, five What's years worse ago, is they're it making was all it up racial. And now it's all sexual which is none of anybody's business <laughs> i'm sorry but they're sorry. making up your life story in their yeah. heads they're like yeah. oh i know exactly what you've gone through because of your financial status the color of your skin and your genitalia yeah and that is with just as prejudicial definition as, of my life <laughs> but that, that is literally ra- like racism but not for race it's prejudice yeah like, you're judging somebody before even knowing their you're circumstance. You're a bigot because you're white is a bigot of, bigoted statement. <laughs> it is bigoted. It's just, and, and they're it, doing it to stop bigotry. That's what's just mind-blowing to me. Right. The only reason they're doing this is to prevent the thing they're causing. Like, let that sink in. It's just insane. <laughs> and that's why I say earlier is that it's just an excuse to attain power and privilege because you're just redefining effort you're redefining a problem in order to gain privileges and so because truth doesn't matter apparently then you can just say oh i want this without having to work for it just like you said and that's the ugly irony of it is they're using privilege as a weapon so that they can give themselves more privilege out of it like what they're trying to do by saying like i like hypothetically i'm a black woman and you're a white man you know i should have a hand up to help me out because you had so many handouts just being white and male fine let's help people who are disadvantaged why don't we just ignore the color of their skin and their gender like why do you need a privilege card in order to step up on top of somebody else who you're claiming should be stepped on because they have privilege yeah like mm-hmm. then you're basically just saying now I have privilege. Somebody should step on me because they they're underprivileged. Like it it's just it'll go back and forth infinitely, like mirrors well, on two sides of a wall. It just like bounces the, back and forth. The way we were describing privilege, like we have we dig a well 
now we have the privilege of having a well. Um, and so they say, well, I need water. And we're like, well, I dug a well. <laughs> Come and take it. No, I am the only one. I get first dibs at the well because the water on the top of the well is not the least muddy or something. And it's like, why? It's like, yeah. this is my well. You have to come to my yard. It's like, well, because I have these problems or because I live further away from the, the water table. It's like, what? So, I have to wait for you to come in from out of town to use my well. So, they want to be given what other people have gotten rather than be rather than produce something themselves and this is or it's, get it's, help to produce something like it would yeah. be totally different if they said i want to build my own well just the same as yours can you help me build a well and you'd be like well i don't have the energy to dig it for you but here's the instruction manual that's literally now small business investment like i got this idea and i want to do it it's a great idea what do you think and they're like that's dumb <laughs> okay but i got this other idea wait no that is that second one's a great idea here's some money i'm gonna help you i'm gonna use my privilege to help you <laughs> because i like that idea i think i can make more money and that's well that's selfish it's like duh <laughs> it's like you're not gonna like so here you go Fubara. so i'm um, just sorry for the brief interruption there but um I guess what I wanted to say just as a final remark is like leading some solutions by example. So mm -hmm. if we recognize there's a problem, for instance, with not having enough um, women of color as company owners or CEOs of companies or, um, or in, they're constantly trying to get more women into STEM sciences and things like that, rather than making ordinances that enforce people to do things that they wouldn't otherwise do organically. What we should be doing is encouraging that everybody who wants to start a business knows that they can and has access to the resources and education required to do it. And then just make sure that you're also intentionally making those resources available to black women, for example, right? So yeah. instead of just saying like, um, we've got five applications for people as managers and we're just going to pick the woman just because we picked the woman like that's regressive because you're 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 using racism to abate racism like to me that doesn't stop the problem what would stop the problem is making sure that underprivileged communities also know that they can start businesses just make them aware of how to do it and how how to go about it cuz maybe they it, they're not exposed to it as much as everybody else is mm -hmm. so it's the exposure we should be pushing not pushing the actual financial incentives Right. Like we shouldn't be forcing or incentivizing people to do things they don't want to do. What we should be doing is making sure everybody who wants to start a productive business, because that's in everybody in the country's best interest to be economically viable and productive. Well, we like should that. just be encouraging them to know how to do it. To me, it's, 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 there's a bit of absurdity in it. A bit. I was at um, Christmas dinner because uh, I remember at Christmas dinner and my um, my niece told me, oh, I want to become an engineer. And I was like, oh, why? What, what about engineering? What type of engineering? Like, there's a lot of fun stuff in engineering. Oh, because there's not enough women in there. I was just like, so you at once do have the privilege of going to engineering school and you're a girl. Okay. Mm. So, you want to because you want to become a statistic, not because it's what you want. So, there's a double layer of absurdity here. You have the privilege of doing something, not what you want, because you think that more, that more people of your stripe should have that privilege 
uh, attained. Now, a CEO is not a privilege I want. <laughs> and the privileges that go along with the CEO are not, well, some of it would be cool, you know, the, that, that, that all that money would be cool. And, you know, the suits are really nice, but <laughs> I can work different ways to get those suits and I can get money other ways. So like the results of that are different. I don't want to be a statistic. I want to do what I want. And that's almost denying yourself a privilege so that you can be seen to have more privilege. That's exactly is, it. <laughs> it, it, it. It's absurd. And I, I found, like I thought, and this is, this is somebody's life that is being redirected in order for, um, in order to redirect a wrong perceived by others done unto others whom she doesn't even know exist. And so she's being used. Do what you want to do because you want to do it. If you actually want to become an engineer or be, go into a STEM field or whatever, do it. Yeah. Like what's stopping you? We and as a society, we should be encouraging everybody that wants to do it to do it, not encouraging some people to do it just because we want to fill a quota. Yeah. Because like, that doesn't help anybody. All you're doing is making make work projects for people who are picking and choosing who's underprivileged enough to get more privilege. And you're, you're sacrificing yourself and your time to people that don't care about you. Even if you are a black woman or some intersectional, uh, person of high numerical, uh, victimhood. So mm -hmm. it's. And if you feel marginalized, extend the margin, like do yeah. some research, publish a paper and show people that there's a problem and how to fix it. Don't just yeah. sit there crying in, in a pool of your own tears. Like, Oh, this wasn't given to me. If there's, a, if there's actually a barrier stopping you or preventing you from getting something that somebody without color, a white person, could get, that's the problem. It's not the problem that you can't succeed. The problem is that there's a barrier to anyone. And mm -hmm. fixing that barrier is not about going, it's not about eye for an eye. You don't just take privilege from one and throw it at someone else to fix a problem. The problem is systemic. You fix the system so that the problem doesn't persist. Right. Because... We're, and the thing is that we're all individuals in this. So when you, when you align us along these traits, it doesn't make any sense. You were all suffering with the same lack of privilege. No one understands me. It's like, of course not. Cause no, we're not telepathic. So we have to actually use our words. Mm -hmm. And so fixing the system relies on all of us being the best us we can be and not just balancing the books like you said because it like if we it doesn't have more, balance <laughs> no it's like well we need more women in politics and then he's just like well what about margaret thatcher yeah, like, <laughs> it's like what about queen victoria the height of the british imperial oppression like <laughs> and the longest standing or longest reigning monarch ever yeah well not like, ever i guess pharaohs probably lasted longer but like you can argue that Cleopatra wasn't very great for Egypt. Uh, and so like, it doesn't matter who the sex of the person in charge, it matters whether the person in leadership is doing a good job. Like, <laughs> and that's and the thing, like, um, the, the last elections really bothered me the way people were presenting Elizabeth Warren. Like you don't have to agree with all the things she says, but when she makes a cogent argument, dismissing her because she's not electable, like that's their words. She's not electable. And they, they got her to support Biden based on a public appearance that they're claiming they're trying to squash, but they perpetuate it. They encourage their, their, um, 
the party base to vote in line with the white male dominant theme in order to get him elected so he can help represent um, women of color. Yeah. It's retarded. It's, well, we'll just tell them something else. We'll just, we'll just, we'll just. Yeah. Ah. At least we got Kamala Harris as a VP, a woman of color. I'm like, what do you mean? At least she's a better candidate than Joe Biden, hands down, both from policy, from her experience, from her education, for her, her vigor and vitality, just from being 30 years. She as, can put a sentence together. <laughs> like, it, it's insane that we're claiming we're trying to fix it. Like that's the party stance is the party for the people. Mm-hmm. They're claiming their entire party stance is abolishing this type of prejudice, and they're causing the same prejudice in the process of getting him elected. And again, yeah. I got nothing against Biden for being an old white man, but I'm just saying he's not, he was electable, and somehow Elizabeth Warren and uh, uh, Kamala Harris weren't. And that's based on nothing but people telling you that they're not electable the same people telling you to elect well, you get, us so that we'll stop the prejudice. You get analysts and stuff saying like, well, we need to do this because, you know, uh, indigenous issues are really hot right now. So if we can, if we can use that, we can use that to leverage our own thing because we're tangentially related to indigenous issues or uh, this or that. And then everyone's just, uh, yeah, it's like, I oh, think- we got the housewife vote you've got the black vote and you've got right. the and when the you become vote, that you become a like, tool and you lose yourself or actualization and then you lose your privilege so yeah. you have oh I, i'm i'm in power because i have more privilege it's like but it's more no. like a forfeiture like you're giving yeah. it up you're forfeiting before you even start the game and yeah. conceding before even trying and so it's to me i think that the that where, where we started there with that self-awareness is definitely the proper way to look at it. How am I privileged? Why do I have these privileges? Are they earned? No. Well, does that matter? Actually, no. <laughs> no, we should revel in it. We should yeah. be proud and thankful and grateful and make the best use of our all of our, our gifts, mm-hmm. uh, whether that's money or, or good parents or uh, favorable skin color, whatever you want to call it. People should be able to support each other because you don't lose a candle doesn't lose any power by lighting another candle. No, I think that's a really good analogy. I think it's a Buddhist <laughs> thing that I butchered, but <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, on that note, I just I, I want to inspire people to make the change they want and like focus on objectives, the end goal that you're actually trying to achieve, because if the methods cause the same problem, to a lesser degree, you're not fixing the problem. All you're doing is changing the outcomes. And or, we talk a lot about equality of outcomes and equality of persons. And I mean, there are enough people that go over that in grave detail. I don't need to belabor yeah. that much, but it should be self-evident. It's just nobody stops to think about it. Well, we, 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 a lot of times in schools nowadays, it's, it's pushed down our throats um, that you know, you need to, this is what's right in here. You know, have a professor in authority saying we need more women in politics or something, or we should be giving handicapped people more opportunity to get into graduate school. It's like, oh, I can't, they get into graduate school. Like that seems a perfect place for someone with bound to a wheelchair. You know, they, we don't want them. Yeah. 
we don't want them. Well, in this job, you have to lift with your legs all the time. Well, I don't have legs. Well, then you're fired. It's obviously not a good place for them. What so, we should well, be doing, though, is encouraging their minds. Yeah. We should be encouraging people with physical disabilities to be a smart leaders of people yeah. who are able. So, and I, I don't, but that's their choice as an individual. So, when you, when the, the faculty says we need more of this, you're no longer an individual. But then, you know, you get faculties telling their students, so we need, oh, we need more women in politics. And it's just like, why? Because women are better. Why? Women are just different. They're women. <laughs> like they're, <laughs> they're, they're people, just, they're people, but they're women people. So like, but they're also individuals. So w what makes a woman better? Like there are female criminals, you know, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's a thing. <laughs> and so we, and they're also we, judged and sentenced less harshly than men. Right. Like and there so, are prejudices on both sides. It's not just all or nothing like men have it easier than women. Men are incarcerated and the victims of violent crimes far more often than women. Yeah. We also women like are to, victims of heinous crimes like, you know, rape and like mental abuse from spouses. And yeah, and so it's, well, it's bad on both sides. And it's um, like I have to deal with an increased uh, rate of suicide. And so, like when I was a teenager, you get stuff like, you know, you get call of the void or something stupid like that. You're depressed out of your mind and it's, um, you find something to live for, but at the same time, you, you, you want to check your premises on that. You want to make sure it's like, okay, why are women better? Why are men worse? Well, no, yeah. that man is definitely worse and that woman is definitely better. But like, that doesn't mean all women are all, it'd be different. We could, we got to, like, men have obviously failed us because, you know, look at the history of society. It's like, we got rid of feudalism for those very reasons. It wasn't men. It was the terribleness of that society that the reason we got rid of crony feudalism and, you know, uh, just like mob Roman stuff and, uh, terrible early modern, let's just conquer cause we can, uh, like we don't do that anymore for a reason. Cause it's terrible. It's yeah. not because we got rid of, there's fewer men running around. Like, <laughs> And it's terrible for everybody. Cause even if you're benefiting from it, if you live in a world where you have to be insecure because everyone around you is suffering because of your, your privilege, you're not gaining from it. Even if it looks superficially, like you're you're rich you're not if you have to be scared every day of your life for your mm. things to be taken from you you're way better off having access to all of the nice things and not needing them every day having a private jet and using it three or four times a year is nice but it doesn't benefit you like being able to feed an entire city's worth of homeless people on that jet you know what i mean yeah or like housing people yeah, it'll cost you money housing people, but at least when people are getting their, their welfare checks, you can put them to work building houses. Like mm. they're productive. But the if infrastructure you take stands tall long after their, those payments have been made, whereas the handout that you give to people like for reparations or for, um, affirmative action, a handout of a job that they're not qualified to do, they'll end up having to hire another person to finish the work that's not being done. Yeah. Like you're creating costs without fixing a problem. And you're just giving privilege to somebody to abate a privilege that's supposedly taken from them. Well, and this also implies that we'll be thankful. Someone who gives someone a privilege mm -hmm. implies that, oh, thank you for giving me this privilege. Well, yes, but if it's an unearned privilege, if, you know, if someone gives me, oh, we're going to give everyone in this block, uh, you know, $100,000. And it's just like, yeah, I kind of want $100,000, but I kind of 
don't want it like this and then but we we should F be you. encouraging them to use it you know what right. i mean like instead of being ashamed of being given gifted a hundred grand what they should do is like i'm responsible to make the most out of this contribution that others mm -hmm. have made to me like that should be an empowering thing to them instead yeah. of like taking it because it's mine and i earned it for right. being black <laughs> and I'm like, I, I, there's, I keep thinking like I could have been, I couldn't, there's a lot of times in my life where I could have gotten a lot more welfare than I did. I've received one welfare check in my life and that was $444 in, during the 2009 crisis mm -hmm. when I lost my job. And, and you might have to pay that back. <laughs> oh yeah. And it was, it was, it was, it was. I don't know. It felt dirty to me and I didn't want to do it again. So I didn't, I was unemployed and I was just like, I can get a welfare check. And everyone's like, just get your EI. And I was just like, no. And I didn't understand it back then. I was just like, no, I don't want to. And it was like, it, it was 15 minutes of work to get it. And it was like that much money for 15 minutes of work. And I just, I had this stubborn pride about me. It was inherent to who I was, I guess. And I, I just didn't no, want to totally do it. I totally understand what you mean. And cause I want to earn it. I want to get it. It's just, it's money. It's, it's useless. It's, it's money to me. And what I'm you did with on it, though, life support, you subsisted from it. Like you made mm -hmm. use of it. You didn't just piss it away on like drugs or booze or gambling or you didn't just woo. I, you know, like, yeah, you and felt this, beholden to the people who gifted to you to make the best use of it. And I think that's the best way to help people who are underprivileged is encourage them to not just get free shit, but to use their free shit to make their community better to make mm -hmm. the world better and that could be by starting a business or from going to school or just getting by because you just need to buy time until you get through that comes back to that self-awareness that you mentioned which what can i do with this what should i be doing with this what do i want to do with this well i want to spend it on i don't know another car well what if you spend it on school well that'd be pretty cool <laughs> and then that comes to like planning for the future and that's a whole different conversation but what you do with this is a lot about your character mm -hmm. but like oh i gave it to the poor people it's like so okay so now the poor people have it what are they going to do with it like you could have opened a kitchen and given yeah, it to them in you food could have form fed people perpetually <laughs> rather than feeding them for one day and so we have to put thought into our actions and when we think of ourselves as an individual are we conceptualize ourselves better within this structure of privileges and rights and we can see what we can and want to do and it's not that complicated what should i be doing what do i want to be doing is is the same question to me because it's just kind of like what do you want well i want to be able to do this well why well because it seems like a good thing to do <laughs> because i enjoy doing history and well why do you enjoy doing history because i understand the necessity of memory and i understand the dread of forgetfulness and i think i can do a lot of help randomly by just doing history and keeping the flame alive i think that's important what about feeding people that's well, also people i'm interested in are already dead <laughs> <laughs> and i want to keep them alive somewhere and again they're not mutually exclusive i no. mean you can't help in every way but if the thing you're good at the thing that you're interested in that's easier for you to do than other people is to study history and we need historians you yeah. should do that 
don't just need like, that many, but <laughs> no, but you do need them and they mm -hmm. need to be able to like criticize each other too. Cause you don't want just one people, one person writing history, right? You need a group of individual people who all individually arrive at different conclusions and debate their ideas together. Yeah. Because so that's what's get a best whole bunch for of, everybody. Oh, I never thought about that. <laughs> <laughs> and then we get a bunch of books like these ones that tell us the stories of people that we didn't know existed. And now their lessons become our lessons and that's valuable to me. And so that's my, I guess, my privilege that I'm enacting onto society. I have all this privilege to do this. I guess I could get more privilege. I could work hard in different areas. Um, but but not we'll everybody see. has like access to things like we have for podcasts. So when we produce no. a podcast, even if it's not professional or perfect or, you know, exceptional in any way, <laughs> well, what we're doing though is contributing to social capital of the species and of our countrymen and of our communities. We're trying to instigate thought into productive means of progress mm. and progress in all forms, not just one or two or saying that like you're, you know, nobody listen. If if nobody listened to the to a podcast, was it ever worth doing? Well, yeah, it's recorded. Like it's good Plus, forever. Somebody could get some benefit from it fun. after we're dead, and it's still worthwhile. It's fun, and it feels good to have produced something. And it's a like, learning experience. If we weren't too. doing this, it'd be like you know, it's like, well, what am I going to do today? I'm going to sit around, or I'm going to read and read more. <laughs> yeah, it's like no, this is something. I'm I'm going to produce something today, and so. This is, this is our little contribution. <laughs> so it's our it, gifts. And now our listeners are privileged. And now what they do with that privilege is up to them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I think we're coming up on the end. Yeah. Did you and have any other final thoughts on? No, I think, um, don't let yourself, if I have advice, don't let yourself let others define privileges for you and your privileges aren't, you know, use them <laughs> yeah that's the best be way to show that it. you actually appreciate your gifts is to use them not to hide them or feel shame from them be proud of what you've been what you've been given and granted and what you're enabled to do in your life and make the best use of that as a token of appreciation for what you've got i think that's the best message i can relay yeah uh, you've been listening to frivolous gravitas like See share and subscribe next week <laughs> <laughs> Not perfect, but we're doing our best. Bye, guys. Bye. <laughs>